at the end of it, you know, I was really glad to get back to work after Easter. It was only four or five days off, but it was full of good food, a little bit of wine, good company, and quite a lot of TV and very little exercise or work. And so I came back to work on Wednesday and um, felt pretty good about doing that. I watched a little bit of TV, um, some of which I won't talk about. I won't talk about a podcast, another podcast as well. The program I watched, amongst many others, was a very British cult, which centered on a South African guy, entrepreneur, shyster, uh, crook called Paul Waugh, who owns or ran a business called Lighthouse Global, which is a life coaching organization. Um, the, the upshot is that this guy made a lot of money at the expense of people's misfortune and emotional agony. And one guy in particular spent 130 grand with the organization. One year he had uh, turned over 2.4 million and paid himself 1.4. Good work if you can get it right. Um, but it had me thinking that if he was invoicing that kind of money, then somewhere down the line, some of those people that he worked with might have benefited from his coaching work. So I'm not trying to disguise or belittle the fact that he had manipulated people out of large amounts of money for very little return. And when you look at the title of the documentary, you get a sense that it was more than just a life coaching organization, that it was manipulative that it was uh, coercive, that it was just not what it said on the tin. But I'm guessing that a lot of people who spent the money would have maybe spent normal amounts of money and would have got a lot of benefit out of it. Such is the state of people in the, the, such is the state of mental health and people today that they're so desperate that they would tend to follow quite, they'd follow a low flying pigeon if they thought it was going to improve their well-being and brings me on to the podcast I listen to stay with me in this will you because um, there's a point at the end of it podcast was uh, on Fanning or I think it was on or end of Fanning and Joe Brawley the free state and the second episode of the new podcast Joe took yet another run at the sports psychology sports science arena ridiculing those people who thought it would work, some predictable at hominem attacks on some very um, successful people in that space and using anecdotes that I've heard before in small circles and also in um, on, a, on the public platforms that Joe would use. And he was basically slagging off sports science as a bit of like witch doctory. I know four or five sports science scientists. You can name people like Damien Hughes, who I've had on the podcast, and you can think of the work that he's done with um, the rugby teams, with uh, Scottish rugby, the high-performance podcast that he um, collaborates with Jake Humphreys on, his number one podcast, best-selling books. Three or four people that would be mutually known to Joe and I um, that are particularly good at their craft. They are masters in sports science, for it is that. It is a science and um, I've quoted loads of different books and I can talk about those books all day, but Joe was, has always seen fit to ridicule that particular audience. I then took a dive into um, the 
academic dialysis machine that is ChatGPT. I googled in the list of the top 30 best-selling self-help books of all time. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but as I go through them, some of you are, are not, some of you or all of you will have encountered some or many of these books. So think of The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I've read part of that. Power of Positive, positive Thinking, which I haven't read. The Secret, which I'd seen the movie. How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I probably ought to read. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, which I have bought and kept. Who Moved My Cheese? Never heard of it. The Four Agreements, which I have read and I think is brilliant, but it's not a self-help book. It's kind of guiding principles. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't set out to prove itself as a, as a self-help book. It's just a really well-written short book on certain principles that you could guide your life by. I use it in sales coaching and because one of the principles is uh, don't take things personally and be impeccable with your words. So, you know, it kind of sits very comfortably in a sales environment where you're trying to build relationships, so on and so forth. Sales scene prophecy, I read four pages of that. Magic of Thinking Big, No, The One Minute Manager, No, The Road Less Traveled, No, Awaken the Jack. Within is a book by Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins um, posts stuff on Instagram. I, every time I see it, I mark it as spam and report it as spam. And occasionally um, I get messages back just like the one I'm struggling to find to read, which basically says, thank you for reporting the content. We have taken it down because it goes against our guidelines and you won't see it again. And thanks for letting us know and all that. And in about a month's time, you see it again. Now this is Tony Robbins, who's a very, very well-documented Netflix-focused uh, um, guru. I have a guy who I would call a friend, I guess, who's running a very, very successful business who may have been on more than one of his courses. I have also known people who have been on the courses and um, I would suspect it has had little or no impact with them. But the, what I'm trying to get at is that Tony Robbins, you probably heard about him and the book. Um, Instagram occasionally sees him as a shyster. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, As a Man Thinketh is a great book by James Allen. Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl. I haven't read The Artist's Way. is not a self-help book. It's about trying to uh, encourage creativity from within. The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Mindset by Carol Dweck. You've heard a lot of these. Okay, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell from Good to Great. You know, all of these books are there, okay? So if you go into a, a bookstore nearby or go and Google self-help book and get some pointers or you can throw in every other book that you've read yourself because I'm sure you have read some of them and we all read things um, that are either fashionable at the time or have been referenced by our peers and so we think that they work and we read stuff to try and improve our lives just like going to a life coach just like trying to employ a sports psychologist for any kind of personal improvement just like going to mass on a sunday and sitting through an hour and doing a bit of meditating during devotion on good uh, good friday holy thursday good friday easter sunday all that kind of stuff just like meditating just like doing whatever it takes to get you through whatever you need to get through. And the point of this is that you probably need to find something that works for you. I'm not saying reading self-help books because if self-help books really work, there'd probably only be one bestseller, wouldn't there? Um, most of them are other people's spin on um, what they think is uh, a great book to help you cup, help guide you through the challenges of life and really the challenges of life are very different for 
for every one of us. You know, we all have different things that we need to cope, we need to protect ourselves against. Now, bear in mind that this podcast is usually for a sales environment. The reason I'm talking about this is because I know some people in sales who have found themselves in sales because that's just where they've ended up. They haven't strategically got up in the morning at the, as a 16 or 17 year old before they decided to study hard or, or not for their A-levels and then do their university uh, applications that they wanted to be a salesperson. It just so happens that they've become a salesperson. And the coaching that you get, the training that you get, the mentoring that you get, a lot of it is based on trial and error, I think, in my opinion. You get some good onboarding. You can get seek out some training, and I hope you would do that because it's about constant improvement, marginal improvement, not trying to become high-performing, but better-performing. And nobody really tells you about how to reflect on some of the good or bad decisions that you might have made in the week previous or the month previous. A lot of the time we're looking at figures, we're looking at sales, we're looking at metrics of number of meetings, number of calls made, conversion rates, lifetime value, all that sort of stuff. And whilst everything has its place, you get very little time to try and emotionally or mentally reflect and chill out. So finding something is really, really important. In that uh, Free State podcast, Joe was ripping into Deepak Chopra I was the, it was the first podcast. I've now stopped listening to it, by the way. Just I listened to the first two and that was the end of it. The first one, he was talking about Deepak Chopra getting millions of pounds for uh, consulting presidents and all this sort of stuff. But he was ridiculing Deepak Chopra. That man works. His, his, wor- his work has an impact on hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Joe just isn't one of them. He wouldn't maybe necessarily do it for me, but... The point is that you have to find something that will give you a place to recalibrate your emotions and your mental well-being because sales is stressful. It's, it's, you're under pressure. If it's not from internal pressures, if it's not from your own drive, it's from the marketplace, it's from the economy. Everything is hard won in sales and people don't really seem to realize that the strain that that will put on you emotionally. So finding something to help you reflect, finding something that will help you dig deep if you've got £10,000 and you want to spend it on a life coach in the Lighthouse organisation, who's to argue against that? If you have the money, fair play to you. If you have the money and it doesn't work, that'll tighten you. But if you have the money and you pay pay your money and it works, then that's great. If you can go into a, a church or a chapel and spend an hour meditating, or Christy Moore talked in the song about people climbing mountains or jumping in the lake. There's something for somebody. There's a way of coping and there's a way of taking the air out of the tires for everybody. But you need to find it, you know. I'm not saying there's any one of those books that I would refer to again and again and again. I know that there are people who refer to the um, James Allen book, As a Man Thinketh, Every month, they would probably read it every month. It's a small enough wee book from what I can remember. James Allen's works are massive, but the book is, you know, very, very small. But you can see some of the other books that are related to the core of that book, you know. Um, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning is has spawned hundreds of other books helping you decide or helping you try and find a way to to take it handy emotionally and and. And mentally so the question is like what are you doing how are you taking time out are you going for a walk are you 
going for a swim? Are you playing guitar, listening to music? Are you reading books? Are you meditating? What are you doing? Find something. For those people who are really, really kind of conservative, you talk about the idea of um, meditating and being reflective and they kind of look at you as if you're some kind of crusty hippie that's been dancing around Stonehenge for the last 10 years. But that works if you do it properly. If you can sort of disconnect from your reality for 15 minutes, if you can suspend every thought that you have and think about nothing and clear the decks and be able to go again, that's brilliant. You think about athletes, you think about improving performance and fitness, that there's always a recovery time, that there's always a talk about the right kind of nutrition. There's always the talk about um, visualization and all these things that probably Joe, Joe in his uh, experience, would, would disagree with. But in sales and working this hard, you don't have time. You're, it's like kind of doing maintenance on a plane in midair. Everything has to keep moving. Some of the people that we're working with, when you put in sales training programs, the last thing they want is the sales program to be long because they think that you're taking time out of their productive day. You know, so if I'm with a company for a day, that's a day that that guy or those people or that lady can spend on nothing else but, but training and they want immediate results. And that's not really how it works. And so that's even additional, more additional pressure on salespeople to be able to perform better when really what they need is somewhere to just decompress. If it's the secret class, if it's Stephen Covey and the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is really good and I think it's now become eight, if it's going to the morns, if it's climbing Mount Eagle, if it's going for a swim, brilliant. But find something that will help you consistently. And as the weather changes, there's a good time now. We're entering a good time where you can sort of experiment with a whole lot of outdoor pursuits if that's what you want. But it's really, really important that you take a, a moment to reflect on what you're doing and how you're helping yourself deal with the challenges of a fairly high pressure job. Sales right now in whatever sector is, is challenging. It's likely to get tougher, but that's just life. You think about all of the labor saving and time saving devices that have been introduced to this to our lives in the last 30 years. How come we're all still so busy? How come we're all still so busy? Is because the society that we live in is always demanding more. And so if sales is your thing and you want to stay with it, find a way to help yourself decompress. Um, there are some really good podcasts you can listen to for really nice, gentle conversations. Blind Boat is the king of it because he's got those kind of very, very sensitive tones and the music he uses in the background and the content is normally really either kind of very relaxing. It's not, not high-pitched high or... Um, it's not aggressive in any way and Sam Harris and those guys um, Lex Friedman's really good but picking up some of those uh, meditation apps like Insight Timer or 10% Happier or Headspace there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do but to do nothing is really really unfair in yourself you deserve better there ends the lesson for this week go in peace this mass has ended talk to you soon